Hey church, Richard here in Hong Kong, and I'm so excited to be able to share God's Word with you today. We're talking about God's presence on the earth, the Holy Spirit, and I believe He's with you, He's with me, and He wants to speak to all of us right now. So why don't we just begin in prayer? Lord, we thank You that You're here with us. I pray that You would speak to us, lift our hearts. In Jesus' name, Amen. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, big questions we're asking today, and hopefully we can get some answer from Scripture. My question for you is, have you ever felt this? How does God feel about my nation and the world? How does God feel about nationalities and, and, and countries and cities and communities? And, 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 and how's His heart towards these important parts of our lives, right? Our nation, where we live. Uh, we've been going through the book of Acts. We're going to look at Acts uh, chapter 8 today. But we, I want to start off with a first scripture in Acts 1 verse 8, which was actually a promise of Jesus that talked about His power coming on believers to share the gospel. Let's have a look. It says, uh, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, we did talk about this um, a few messages ago. You can actually go back and watch the message I preached on how we can be an influencer because it's all about how God has, uh, has given us the Holy Spirit to empower us, to give us power to be witnesses in our communities. Today, I also want to focus on the other part of this scripture, which is there was the empowerment, but there was also the plan that God had for spreading the gospel from Jerusalem to the, the surrounding nations and the rest of the earth. Because that's the strategy that we see here. We see Jerusalem, the main city where all the disciples were. Then we see the region of Judea uh, that Jerusalem belonged to. Then we see the next region over called Samaria, which was uh, still a part of Israel, but had a, little, a few key differences. And then we see beyond to the ends of the earth. So that's our nations, right? The, uh, the Filipinos, the, uh, the Japanese, the Koreans, the, those of us in Hong Kong, Yes, even the Australians. God had a plan for our countries, for our nations. God had a heart for us. And even though he started in Jerusalem with the Jews, uh, he has a heart for all of us. Hey, he's not looking um, at one people group over another and saying, I love them more than them or anything like this. No, hey, I've got kids. I've got four, actually. I've got four boys, similar in age. Uh, they look kind of similar, um, right? Got very similar DNA, I would guess. Uh, but when I look at them, I see very different kids. I see very unique kids. And when I look at the, this one, I say, oh, you're the funny one. You're the entertainer of the family. And oh, you're the deep thinker of the family. You're the creative one. You're the social one. And I look at my boys and I'm thinking, wow, you're my favorite. And then I look at my other boy. Oh, you're my favorite. I look at my other boy. Oh, you're my favorite. And then I look at my other boy. You're my favorite. In other words, they're all amazing. And I believe that's God's heart for us, for our nations, right? For wherever you're from, for wherever you're living right now, God loves nations because He loves people. 
So we're going to go to the beginning of our story in Acts chapter 8. And it begins actually with a tragedy, the killing, the death of a very wonderful man of God named Stephen, which then led to an incredible persecution throughout the Christians in Jerusalem. Uh, It says, Saul was one of the witnesses and he agreed completely with the killing of Stephen. A great wave of persecution began that day, sweeping over the church in Jerusalem and all the believers except the apostles, everyone except the apostles, were scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria. They all had to leave Jerusalem. Only the apostles, right? Just a handful of believers stayed in Jerusalem and I guess were staying in complete danger uh, because they were killing Christians, right? This was a terrible time to be a Christian. Uh, A wave of persecution spreading throughout Israel for anyone who was a believer, and they were, and we know the story of the apostle, the apostle Paul, right? Before he was a believer, he was actually really a terrorist. He would go around and he would find believers and he would put them in prison. It's we just read about how he was approving, you know, standing there and giving witness to this this death of this incre- amazing man of God called Stephen. The, the the Christians were being hunted. And, you know, this would have been a terrifying time. Not only do they have to leave their city, leave their loved ones, but they're also fearing for their lives. Like, you know, they're walking through the city and they're like, is someone going to get me? This is a terrible way to live your life. And uh, in verse 4, we see the Christians' response to this, right? How they were feeling. It says, but the believers who were scattered preached the good news about Jesus wherever they went. Come on, give the Lord a hand. These guys are amazing. These guys are overcomers. These guys cannot be stopped. They are people of conviction. And although they were situationally scattered, although their situation was bad, uh, things looked bleak from the outside, they were completely committed to the mission of Jesus, completely committed to that original promise that Jesus had of the Holy Spirit filling them and them being witnesses throughout all the regions of Israel and then to the other nations on the earth. You know, when I think about times like this, when we feel our lives have been scattered, uh, I'm pretty sure everyone Uh, is going to experience a moment where they feel personally scattered. Maybe it's because of a financial challenge. Maybe it's because of work or a health challenge or uh, some kind of relationship situation, a problem in your family. Hey, that's kind of common to the human experience, isn't it? That's a part of life that we will have these moments where it's down. Not every moment is up. And even when we've got Jesus in our life, we can't say that every moment is an up moment, but we can say that the Holy Spirit is moving. We can say that the Holy Spirit has a plan and that God is with us. And even out of that tragedy, God can give us a purpose. He can have us on a mission and that the church of Jesus can move forward despite any challenge. Amen. Come on. I love this. How inspiring to see these believers in a hard time being used powerfully by God, seeing the Holy Spirit spread and touch 
different uh, cultures and different people groups. I think it's amazing. And it makes me think about those times in my life when it, where I've felt a bit scattered. I think we've all been through that as a church, right? This whole COVID experience where we were forced to go online in some places for, right, in Japan, over two years, you couldn't meet there, there physically. Here it was over one year. You know, the, the, these were times where the church was essentially scattered, not being able to meet. And yet we didn't just sit around on our hands and say, oh, we'll just wait till it's over. We didn't sit around and waste energy on complaining or talking about what we were missing out on. No, God had a mission. We were on mission together. And I'm so proud of you, Lifehouse, right? We did what we could and we, we, we saw the Holy Spirit moving and we rode that wave and God has touched lives and is continuing to touch many, many lives through everything that we've done online. And now as we're back in person as well and having both of those expressions of church, you can see that the Holy Spirit has been all over the whole thing and He's using us to reach more nations for Jesus. Praise the Lord, right? And I think about these personal times of scattering and I want to bring up my friends. I've talked about them before, but my friends Peter and Edith, who were part of our church here in Hong Kong and have now moved to Colombo, Sri Lanka and are helping us to start a church there, a Lifehouse Church. You know, they moved partly because of a scattering. Okay, uh, Peter's story was that he was working uh, in Macau, which is right next to Hong Kong. And when COVID uh, happened, he was no longer able to go to work. And so he ended up, you know, lose, essentially losing the job. Uh, that changed their whole retirement plans. So they ended up moving to Sri Lanka early, but it was... Uh, but there's been real serious challenges in Sri Lanka, if you know about the economy and all everything that's going on there. Uh, yet it hasn't stopped us reaching people for Jesus. And just yesterday, I was on the phone with them talking about someone who'd given their life to Jesus over a Zoom meeting. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord that we're, that we're part of a, a church that doesn't just lay down when things get difficult, but we believe that, hey, God can move even in the scattering. Now, in this scattering uh, in, in Jerusalem, we see one amazing disciple. His name was Philip, and he flees for his life to Samaria, the next region over from Judea. It says here, verse 5, Philip, for example, went to the city of Samaria, and he told the people there about the Messiah. Now, one thing we've got to understand is the Samaritans had uh, a little bit of a different religion. It was similar in some parts, but in some key areas, it was different. And the Jews and the Samaritans had a bit of history there. We, you may uh, be familiar with the, the parable that Jesus told about the good Samaritan, right? Who, who uh, in, in, in that story, we can see that there was almost like um, just some... <laughs> maybe some bad feelings towards those two subcultures. And anyway, Philip goes to this whole area of the Samaritans and he finds that the Holy Spirit is already moving in these people's hearts. You know, in Lifehouse Church, we talk about this vision of the wave, right? You'll see the wave everywhere. It's even in our logo, which is awesome. This vision of God's love, the Holy Spirit moving over our nations, over our cities. And I love that because the vision is not that we are the wave. 
hey, I'm not the wave. Lifehouse Church is not the wave. The Holy Spirit is the wave. It's God and He's already moving even in front of us before we're even there. He's touching people's hearts, preparing them for the good news of the gospel. And that's what was happening in the Samaritans' hearts as Philip arrived. Verse 6, it says, Crowds listened intently to Philip because they were eager to hear his message and see the miraculous signs that he did. How awesome! They were hungry for the gospel. The Holy Spirit had prepared their hearts. And what was Philip's message? Well, the message was that Jesus saves. The message was that the grace of Jesus is free for all, for all nationalities, for all cultures, for all uh, language speaking groups. It doesn't matter what you look like. It doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter what country you're from. Jesus saves. He died on the cross, rose again for us. His power is alive today and He wants to touch us, use us and has a great plan for our lives, including heaven after we die. That was the message of Philip, right? It's not just, hey, hey guys, come to church and uh, you'll have some great friends. It wasn't just uh, come to church and you'll get some good uh, life advice or, or, or marriage advice. No, it was the transformational power of the gospel, the Holy Spirit touching and transforming hearts. And we see in verse seven that that was what was happening. Many evil spirits were cast out, screaming as they left their victims. And many who had been paralyzed or lame were healed. Amazing, healings. We're seeing supernatural things happen. Philip was actually hearing, hearing these evil spirits screaming. And now, like, I gotta be honest with you guys. I've never heard a demon scream. I've never heard an evil spirit scream. And I'll be honest, I don't ever wanna hear that, all right? I'm not looking for that. But what I do believe is that sometimes, even when we have, hey, we start churches in different nations, in different cities, and oftentimes, those church plants, those teams, it's a small beginning. You know, we've got a heart of people who are sold out for the mission, but on the surface, it doesn't look that strong. I, I, I'm thinking of Korea right now. When we started in Korea, we were, you know, we, we'd spent a year or so preparing and we were about to launch the church and then COVID hit. It was like another hit, even to a, a small group. And yet, despite all of that, we see God changing lives. I know in Korea, we've seen uh, many people uh, being touched by God and being renewed in their faith, people coming to know Jesus. And it's just the beginning. And that's the thing. And even though when we look scattered, even though when we look weak, God can still do crazy, amazing, wonderful things. And so much so that I believe, hey, we're walking around and, and the devil, he's screaming, he's running away, not because he's afraid of us. Who am I? Not because he's afraid of Lifehouse. Who are we? But we've got the Holy Spirit. Come on, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And he is with you, my friend. Wow, you have nothing to fear when God is on your side. I love it. Verse eight, my favorite um, verse in this story. It says, so there was great joy in that city. Ah, that's what happens, right? When the Holy Spirit moves, 
when the Christians are mobilized and on mission and not sitting around complaining about how difficult their situation is, but are instead committed to building the church, committed to sharing the gospel, are living on mission. That's when we see great joy touch our cities. And for me here in Hong Kong, uh, at the time of filming this just last weekend, we had an amazing youth and young adults event on a Sunday afternoon. And, and I was there peeking in. I'm a little bit older, all right? But I was peeking in and seeing what was happening. And I saw young people praying for each other, lots of them. Some of them were brand new, their first time ever in a church service, being prayed for or praying for other people. And I felt the Holy Spirit moving and I felt a great joy in my heart because the Holy Spirit was moving in my city. I want to be a part of that. Don't you want to be a part of that? Seeing God move in your nation, in your city. That's so cool. I love that verse. Great joy in our city. Let's see. Let's commit to seeing great joy in our cities, right? Lifehouse Church, let's do that. Eight, that's Acts 8 verse 14. Let me continue. It says, When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there, all right? So Philip gets some backup, okay? He gets two other apostles to come with him, Peter and John. And uh, I studied this a little bit, right? I hope I get my facts right. But what I've learned is that Philip was actually a Greek-speaking Jew. He spoke a, a different native language than Peter and John, who their native language would have been in Aramaic. Now, they would have all spoken Greek. It was a lot like... Uh, the English language, it was kind of like a bit of an international language, a language of business. But when Philip went up to Samaria, he would have been uh, speaking or preaching uh, in Greek, the language he could speak and that they could all understand. And I think this is very encouraging for us foreigners, right? If you're a foreigner like me, I'm an Australian living in Hong Kong. If you're a foreigner in, in a different nation or a different city, I want to encourage you that God has a plan for you and the city that you're in. God wants to use you where you are. And sometimes uh, as a foreigner, sometimes we can have a temporary mindset. And so sometimes we maybe we, we don't sow in to the city that we're in as much as we would if it was somewhere where we thought we were going to be there long term. I want to encourage you, throw that thinking out the window. Instead, why don't you get a vision? Why don't you get encouraged from God that the Holy Spirit has you here for a reason to reach your city for Jesus and that you can be a blessing to the culture that's around you. You can leave a legacy, whether you're there for another six months, one year, three years, five years, or 20 years or the rest of your life. God wants to use you as a foreigner in your city. Get a vision for it. For me, uh, I spent five years in Japan. I was a gaijin in Japan, right? I love my time in Japan. God did a work in my heart. I had no, no plan of uh, ever moving there for any sense of mission, but it was in Lifehouse Church that the Holy Spirit touched me and transformed my heart. And I got a heart to reach the Japanese while I was there. That then turned into uh, seeing opportunities overseas for us to plant churches. That's why I've been here in Hong Kong for over 10 years. Now I'm a Guaylo in Hong Kong. And uh, I know I'm not the same as the locals, but I love the locals. I love where God has called me. And I want to encourage you foreigners, get a vision in your city.
Now, the other side of this is that Peter and John spoke Aramaic. They could speak to the Samaritans in their heart language. They knew all the cultural slang, all the pop culture. They would have been able to communicate at a level that Philip couldn't. And so I want to talk to the locals, right? The Japanese in Japan, right? The Koreans in Korea, the Filipinos in the Philippines. You, hey, God has a plan to use you in your city. God has a plan for you to be on mission, to reach the people in your community. The long-term future of the church rests not on the shoulders of us foreigners, but rests on you, the locals. You are the key. The, Korea, the, the Koreans in Korea, come on, the Australians in Australia. We are the long-term answers to our cultures. And, and hey, us foreigners, we're here to support you. We're here to help you on the mission. But there are just some things that we cannot do um, being foreigners. We're, we're different. And I think together we make an incredible partnership. I think Lifehouse has, uh, has just created an amazing environment for these 20 years of working together, foreigners and locals with the same purpose to serve Jesus in our nations. I think it's amazing. Let's give the Lord a hand, right? I love that. Now, as I finish up, I want to I wanna bring it, uh, the picture down to, to a, a smaller focus because we've been, looking about, we've been looking at nations. We've been talking about whole communities. But now I want to talk about you personally because God's heart is for you, not just for the nation, not just for groups, but for you personally. And with Philip's story, we see him, yeah, he went and he blessed the Samaritans. God moved. But then God sent him to meet one man, one person. And uh, in Acts 8.26, we see, As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, right? So God sends an angel. This is a big deal to, to Philip. He says, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. Okay, so God is literally giving him Google Maps directions and says, hey, take this road. Uh, and, and, and on this road, you're going to meet someone. And he meets an Ethiopian traveling back from Jerusalem, okay? A foreigner. Uh, this, was, this guy was quite influential. He was wealthy, had a good position. And he is sitting in his carriage, and uh, on his way back to his country, Ethiopia, and he's reading out loud from the book of Isaiah, Acts 29, verse 31. The Holy Spirit, right, the Holy Spirit's talking to Philip again. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, go over and walk along beside the carriage. So Philip sees a carriage. Philip ran over and he heard the man, the Ethiopian man, reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked him, do you understand what you're reading? And the man replied, How can I unless someone instructs me? And he urges Philip to come up into his carriage and sit with him. Very cool. We see a hungry foreigner uh, who is reading the Bible, trying to understand it, and he invites Philip up to share the gospel with him. We know that from here, the Ethiopian receives the good news, the grace of Jesus. He's immediately saved, so much so that he spots some water, points it out to Philip, and he's like, hey, Philip, uh, there's some water over there. What's stopping me from getting baptized right now? 
And Philip's like, nothing, mate. Come on, let's do it. So they do it. He gets baptized. God moves in his life. And we don't know this for a fact, but there is uh, in some history books or some tradition, there, uh, there are, is mentioned that this Ethiopian went back and had an impact on uh, Ethiopia for Jesus and started a whole nother wave of the Holy Spirit uh, moving in his nation, all because God sent Philip to meet with him personally. And I want to tell you, I don't, I, I don't know why you're watching this message today. Maybe you're in a church service. Maybe you stumbled upon this uh, just searching through YouTube. But what, whatever reason it is that you're here today, I believe God has called you and is drawing you towards Himself. He loves you. It is not an accident that you're listening to this. And He has a personal purpose for your life. He loves you very much and He wants to be a part of your life. That's amazing. And uh, in a moment, I'm going to give you a chance to just like that Ethiopian guy to receive Jesus in your life and to follow Him. But firstly, I want to pray for some of my friends here right now. Maybe you're a Christian right now. Uh, and uh, I want to believe that God wants to touch you, to, to give you a heart for the people group that you are in, uh, whether as a foreigner, whether as a local, that you would see God's good plan for your city. Let me pray. Lord, we thank you that you love people, that you love us and that you love our communities and our nations. And I pray that supernaturally you would transform our hearts, Lord, just like my life as a, as a young Australian who didn't have any really big thinking of the world or nations. I pray that you would move, Holy Spirit, like you moved in me that we would live on mission with conviction to be a force for good, a force for you, Jesus, in the communities that you've planted us in. Lord, help us on this incredible, exciting mission that you've called us uh, to be on, this, this mission of building the church wherever we are. In Jesus' name, thank you, God. Amen. Praise God. Well, I believe God's with you on that mission. But hey, I want to get back to... Uh, speaking to that person out there who's listening to me right now and you are not yet a follower of Jesus. He loves you. He died on a cross for you. His grace is for you. He forgives you. Will you receive this into your heart today and let Him transform your life from the inside out? If you want that, then why don't you pray this prayer right now as we put it up on the screen. Let's read it out in English. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. Thank you for forgiving me. Come into my life and I will follow you. Amen. Amen. Come on, we rejoice with you. If you made that decision, if you prayed that prayer, wow, that's amazing. God is moving in your life and He has a great purpose for you. Well, church, it's been my pleasure to share God's Word with you. I'm excited for what's uh, next to come in this incredible series. We'll see you in the next one.